This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Thomas, and I'm the podcast coordinator and content specialist. I am one of your other hosts, Dr. Brooke Keels, and I'm the senior director of counseling and program strategy here at Mercy Multiply. And I'm Melanie Wise, the senior director of outreach here at Mercy, and we're so glad that you are back with us for another episode of Mercy Talk as we continue this series that we are doing on our Keys to Freedom. And today we are diving into a topic that is one of my favorites. It's good. It's also one that I think can be, you know, taken many different directions, depending <laughs> on your background, your own theology. Um, and sometimes it just can come along with some misunderstandings, um, especially as far as kind of how we talk about it. So um, Hold up. we I do want to point out how much this is one of your favorites is that when I started doing empower and teaching on this, you would literally like step in. <laughs> She'd be like, you didn't cover that. <laughs> so we got, I was like. Oh yeah, because it used to be, we used to talk about this a lot. You're yeah. like, you didn't really. <laughs> so every time I just look over, was that enough? Like, okay, good. <laughs> was that sufficient? That's, That's really funny. It is. And here's why. I never learned about this. I was never yeah. taught this. Yeah, I get that. And I am amazed at how many people in their adulthood who have been believers their whole lives have said, I've never heard a teaching on that. I was never taught that. And I'm like, oh my word, this has been a game changer for my life. So I am very big on like really covering this topic well and covering even just scripturally where it comes from. Yeah. People have a full understanding. So, um, you know, if we have not emphasized this enough in the past and in previous episodes, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, he, Christ did not just die for our eternal salvation. That's a pretty cool thing that we're getting because of that. He, but he also died for us to be able to experience wholeness and, and freedom and healing and, and yes, not to perfection and not to the fullest here on earth, but man, there are so many levels of, of just true, genuine life in the kingdom that we can experience this side of heaven. Um, and Galatians 5, 1 is the perfect example of that saying that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And this is foundational for this specific key. It says stand firm therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Um, this is really good news because obviously we live in a pretty messed up world, but for us to know that we can walk around and live and exist in this world and still experience joy and freedom and power and redemption and life and all of those wonderful things that we are promised, we can experience significant levels of that here on earth. And so with that being said, yes, this is one of our most foundational concepts in general, especially with the residents who come into our residential program. It's understanding the authority that you have in Christ, but not just understanding it, knowing how to actually stand in it and walk in it every day. And yeah. so I always love to kind of just lead into this. So I'll lead into it today. <laughs> Brooke. Get this it. is no. the part. This is the part that I was always like, this is so important. We have to go here. Um, but I just think it's important to understand where this even comes from, because this is where it was transformational to me. I'm like, 
Yeah. People talk about authority in Christ and it sounds a little out there. Like, and when I started learning where it comes from scripturally, I was like, oh, well, I don't know how I missed those scriptures my whole life. But, (laughs) but when we talk about authority, you know, a really good definition that we all often share about is this, is this definition of delegated power. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. It's this power that is granted to someone else by someone who is actually in authority. So that means that the, the value of our authority, it rests in the power that's behind it. So for us who are in Christ, that's pretty awesome news because, you know, the God of the universe the guy who created everything and holds everything in his hands. Right. The right. power behind our authority. That's pretty yeah. awesome. It's not something because we are great and strong and mighty. It's actually because he is pretty awesome. And so we get to stand yeah. in the authority um, that is granted to us by him. And the power that we have is because of the authority that he ultimately has. And so that's where, again, scripturally, if you look, we know God has authority over the enemy because in 1 John 3, 8, it says that the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth was so that he might destroy the works of the enemy. And we know, like, if you if you are in Christ, if you are a believer, you know, and if you aren't and you're listening to this, give back to us and we'll send you more. But if you have <laughs> given your life to Jesus, you know that when Jesus died and rose from the grave, he ultimately triumphed over the enemy. I love that before he even went back to heaven, he says, this is in Matthew 28. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Like done there. It's done. It said, Jesus has all authority. So this is what I love. When we commit our lives to him, we are not only sharing in his death, and in his burial, like that's like part of that baptism piece. Like that's what it's representing. I'm, I'm sharing with him in death and burial, but I'm also sharing with him in his resurrection and in his victory. And if you're like, man, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's getting a little weird. This, I would say that this scripture right here is probably what like was the most eye-opening for me when I was learning about this. It's Ephesians 2, 6. It says, for he, God, raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. I'm like, I've never really actually thought about what that means. It means Christ is seated at the right hand of the father, which we know is the seat of authority. And scripture is saying that we're seated with him. Like that is significant. And for us to just kind of like skip over that scripture, pass over it, never really think about what it means and how to actually stand in that place, man, we are missing out on a lot. And so What's awesome here is that because of Christ and through Christ, we actually have authority over the enemy. Um, And if we don't know that that's what belongs to us, it's not doing us any good. And that's Mm -hmm. why, Brooke, I get very (laughs) passionate about this one because I didn't. I went for probably 30 plus years of my life without actually knowing something that belonged to me. Um, and, And I truly believe that that is why there are so many people who walk around who have known Jesus their whole lives, but are walking around in bondage, walking around in chains because they don't actually know the authority in Christ that they have been given. So yes. That's why I get very excited about this. And on that, I will now pass it off to (laughs) No, that was it. That's the end of the podcast, guys. (laughs) There's nothing else to say. No. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. I I am one. I love thinking about my authority in Christ. (laughs) Probably not from a great place. Uh, But, you know, all, all joking aside, yeah, I mean, we when we understand our authority, that gives us the ability to 
um, have the context and understanding when we start declaring the truths of scripture. Like if you're declaring truths of scripture, you know, or declaring these things over your life and believing them over your life from a position of not having authority, Mm. right, that kind of doesn't work. And so it's not just claiming them, but it's understanding how and why you have the ability to claim them. And that is through Christ and because we are seated with him. Um, and so like the, the posturing and the position with which we get to stand and be with Christ and speak these things over our life, um, is really, really important, um, for how these actually will play out in, in how we view it. Right. Um, and so, you know, and I think it's important too. like, some people are like, you can't demand that of God. No, he told us where we were seated. He told us where we were. Our job is to come into agreement with that and then remind and demand of the enemy that this is who I am. This is where I'm seated and you're not allowed here anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the promises that God gave me in his word are mine and they are not yours and you don't get to take them away. And I'm choosing to not allow that to happen. Um, and so understanding we have the authority to claim that it also helps us quit worrying so much about what the enemy's doing and more about where am I with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's knowing that it's our, our inheritance, right? Because of what Christ did, on the cross, knowing that God is freedom, that he is joy, that he is peace, he's love, and that we get to come into alignment with that, come into agreement with that as children of God. Um, You know, and of course the enemy doesn't like it. I told my son yesterday or day before, because he was just like, why doesn't Satan just stop? Like he's lost. So what is he doing? And I go, well, I'll tell you, he's doing two things. (laughs) Okay. Number one is he know that God loves he knows that God loves all of us so much more than anything that's ever been right and so his number one thing is to make sure as many people as possible never know who God is and mm-hmm. don't ever get to be with the Lord right yeah. that they are separated from him for eternity number one the other side is that for those of us who know God right that we are Christians and maybe we're going to heaven is to is his his goal is to make us as miserable as possible on earth yeah. and for us to question God's character at every turn and not know him while we're here because also by us knowing him while we're here by us understanding our authority by us being at peace being at rest living out the fruits of the spirit right actually because it's a fruit out of our life out of health that's where the other people that he's trying to keep out of eternity <laughs> Uh or actually become interested, right? So it's the super fun mix, you know? And so he's like, so he just wants to mess everything up all the way to the end. And I was like, correct. He just (laughs) wants bitter. He's real bitter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's kind of the thing we talked about. And that's all it is. And I think when we, you know, it's not an oversimplification. That is what it is. Mm -hmm. He has come to steal, to kill, to destroy. And so while he's running around trying to figure out how to do that and make us feel like, you know, he's going to devour us, you know, he puts pressure, what we talk about oppression, right? And oppression Mm -hmm. being anything that the enemy brings into our lives or that we've allowed him to bring into our lives in the forms of habits, addictions, thought patterns, um, unhealthy emotional attachments, And, you know, that can look like anger, depression, addiction, anxiety, obsessive thoughts, fear, control, whatever it is. Y'all all know. You have a list, right? (laughs) And so, you know, when that happens, when we, when we start to become, come into agreement with, well, that's just how I am, or I have no control over this thing, you know, over my fear or my anger or whatever it is that continues to separate us from the heart of God and knowing who he is. Um, And a lot of times that comes out of that fear of like, well, what if I never get this right? You know, 
well, sure. what if you do? Or what if it just gets better? Maybe it's not perfect, but maybe you're not living in bondage to it. You know what yeah. I mean? That there's yeah. actual freedom from it. And so I think that fear that that we have to be afraid of hoping and striving and, and uh, it's not striving out of a bad place, but like aligning with freedom yeah. is kind of that number one thing that God isn't really good. Right. Mm-hmm. And so y'all know, I talk about that all the time. The number one thing, if we're afraid is that we don't trust the character of God. And if I go spend time about who he is, it helps me understand when I know my place is seated next to him at the right hand, you know, yeah. and that helps me know, okay, that's the position that I'm thinking about my, my experiences in. That's my context, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so. no, that's so, that's- I can't highlight enough to what you said, Brooke, as far as like, I think one of the turnoffs that some people can have when we talk about this is that they think it's like you trying, like, especially when you're talking about like claiming truths and claiming the promises and claiming the inheritance that God has for you. People, people have maybe been taught this or they just kind of assume. And I think I kind of did too, is like, you're trying to play God. Like you're trying to tell God what to do and tell God what to give you. And mm-hmm. I think what you said is so important. It's not telling God what to do. It's actually no. just partnering with God because he said this is right here. Right. It's, totally it's agreeing that he, yeah, that is what, you, that is what you said. And I believe you, that if, is. you know, there's that song, I believe, you know, I am who you say I am. Right. right? If that, if we focus on that, Mercy Multiplied exists to provide opportunities for all to experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. Our residential program is for women ages 13 to 32, and our outpatient services are for women ages 13 and older. Both programs are voluntary, biblically-based, and completely free of charge. Our goal is to help women in our programs permanently stop destructive cycles, discover purposes for their lives, and experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. If you or someone you know would like to apply to one of our programs or you'd simply like to find out more information, you can start by heading to our website at mercymultiplied.com. I also, just to add a quick little thing, I didn't really touch on oppression too, too much, but understanding that that can be open doors, things that we do, you know what I mean? It can be things that were open for us, things that we continue to open. So you're exposed to, you know, uh, alcohol at a young age, you continue to participate in using alcohol at an older age becomes alcoholism, you know, or whatever the thing is, you know, y'all, you can replace it with a million things, or if it's perfectionism, I know Melanie, you talk about that, you know, whatever doors we continue to open, or we allow that to continue to be reinforced, or we watch scary movies. And then once we made a choice and go, okay, you know what, that brings fear into my life. I can't participate with that anymore. Let me close that door. It's closed. Right. And then if it gets opened again, we know how to go and close it. So, yes. yes, that's so good. Well, and I think that's important here to note because sometimes those open doors are because of choices that we've made and deliberate sin. And then also recognizing that some of those things may have been outside of our control, you know, whether it was a traumatic experience or a loss mm-hmm. or abuse. But the good news is, it's like you said, is that we have the choice to close the door. We're not like this helpless victim. And in fact, in Keys to Freedom, I love that we we talk about this, this process of, of repenting and submitting and resisting. Um, and if you wonder where that comes from, like, wow, did they just choose three really cool words? practical words that go together. (laughs) No, actually it is in the Bible. Uh, James 4, 7 says, submit yourself then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Uh, And I quote resist the devil a lot uh, (laughs) because I like it. I I like, I, you know, it's, 
it's a good verse. However, uh, you also got to make sure that you like complete that whole part there, which is submit yourself to God, <laughs> resist the devil and he will flee from you. Uh, anyways. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else likes that second part. Too. Um, just confession here. Um, so all that to say the first step to gaining freedom in areas of bondage is to confess and then to repent. And really confession is just acknowledging your sin. It's saying, yeah, this was wrong. It is like what you were saying, Brooke, it is what you say it is God. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then repenting, um, which can feel big and heavy and confusing, but really it means to turn the other way. It means to stop what you're doing and mm-hmm. to, and to go the way, um, that God is, that God has said instead. And so, uh, for those of you that may be struggling, like, Oh my gosh, how do I actually apply this? We're going to get there through this process of, confession and repentance, we may also need to address any lack of forgiveness Mm -hmm. towards ourselves or towards others. And you can, you know, we talked about that in several episodes back with, with forgiveness, which is quickly becoming my new favorite one to remind myself of (laughs) continually um, there, but just continuing knowing again, that it's a process. So you may be wondering, okay, so like, I'm not the one that opened this door. So why do I need to repent? Like, this isn't my fault. And I kind of wrestled with this to be really honest too. Like some of these things happen and they weren't in my control. Mm -hmm. But Brooke mentioned this a moment ago. I think this is important that even if you didn't open the door by your own choice, at some point there was either, um, there was a level of agreement to come into agreement with maybe some of those, those thought patterns of, of allowing it to continue. Um, and, and instead of going, no, I'm not the victim here. I do have a choice. I'm not going to partner with fear anymore. I'm going to agree and believe that what you said, Lord is true. And so after we genuinely confess the sin and walk away from it, we also need to set boundaries around whatever it is uh, that stirs up that temptation in us to sin. So for example, uh, you mentioned, I like this example because, well, I, I'm a weenie and I like freak out. I mean, oh my gosh, if I watch anything that's like remotely scary, I'm all every light, every light in the house and I'm in my thirties, y'all, it's still bad. But, but as silly as it sounds, recognizing like I have a choice. I have a choice that I can continue to allow this this door of fear to be open in my life, or I can go, wait a minute, like no way. I can I can turn this off. This has no authority over me. Uh, same is true with the things you're allowing in front of your eyes and your mind to dwell on. Uh, you know whether that's pornography or even thinking about um, gosh comparison and discontent and perfectionism and just that. Uh, just that nastiness. I don't know if I'm the only one that struggles with this, that can strip in your heart from like scrolling on social media and being so unhappy with the life that God has given you and going, wait a minute, like I am literally falling into the trap of comparison and I'm a slave to my phone, to to this device. I'm going, you know what? This doesn't have the authority over me. I have the choice to put this down. I have the choice to set limits. I have, y'all, you know, you have the freedom. You don't even have to have a social media account. I mean, you know, like, I don't know what it needs to be for you, but there have had to be some measures in my own life in this season where I've gone, you know what, Lord, like you're taking me to new levels of freedom and being um, grateful for where you have me and and, and just being pre- more present with my kids and my family and what you've called me to be like, 
I'm going to, I'm going to walk in freedom and obey you. And I don't have to hop on this thing every second of every day. So all this to say, uh, just that level of, okay, I've, I've, you know, confessed, I've repented, and now I'm going to be setting some boundaries to actually like, uh, help see that these things can, can come to fruition in my life. So anyways, it's been super helpful to go back to that. Yeah, that's good. And I think, you know, I want to highlight one of the things that you mentioned too, Rachel, is just this idea that, you know, we can struggle with areas of, of oppression in our lives. Um, whether that's any of the examples we've already said, or, I mean, there's just a, there's a ton that could go on that list of just things where, like Brooke said, I mean, in her definition, it's like just areas of pressure, yeah. like they're kind of consistent and just kind of keep nagging and keep being there. Um, and sometimes they, that door was opened by things that were outside of your control. Yeah, and I yeah. think what's really important is that when it comes to that kind of stuff, people are like, well, I got nothing to confess about. It's not my mm-hmm. fault that that door was opened in my life, you know? And one of the examples that I think we use actually in the study is, is, uh, you know, like if a uh, example of a man walking down his street in his neighborhood and he gets mm-hmm. attacked by someone at gunpoint, and then all of a sudden he's struggling with all this fear. Okay, well, so he could be like, well, I'm struggling with oppressive fear, but the door was open because I was attacked by somebody. That's not my fault. What do I have to confess about? It's just saying, God, what is the part that I have played in allowing this thing to stick around? Sure. And maybe that's just exactly what I don't know which one of you said it, but maybe it's just coming into agreement with like, God, you can't be trusted. Yeah. God, I have to look out for myself. God, I'm on my own here. I'm alone, you know, and that has making agreements with those lies has then just perpetuated this fear thing in my life. Right. So maybe you're not going to confess about the fact that you got attacked. No, Mm -hmm. but you're going to confess for the part that you've played in allowing that thing to stick around. Sure. That's it. I mean, so I think it's really important for people to understand, like, that's just where you're owning up to, to whatever part you've played and kind of right. keeping that door open. You know, you may not have opened it, but, but maybe what 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 was I doing to keep it open? What was I doing to allow it to stick around? Confess yeah. and repent of that stuff. And then, like you said, set those boundaries. And then after you've done those things, that whole resisting the enemy and he will flee, that's when that actually works. Because you've right, done right, the, right. the first part, so, you know, you've done right. the and the submitting. And so... Um, that's kind of what we want to encourage you guys to try out in your own life. Like just ask the Lord if there's any, some of you listening may be like, oh, I know there's a, I know exactly what is oppressing me right now. I know exactly right. what the enemy is, where the enemy is applying pressure in my life right now. I can pinpoint it in a moment. Um, or maybe you might just want to take a minute and just ask the Lord, like, is there any area where the enemy is just really, apl- really applying some pressure in my life that I just haven't even been aware of that I've just kind of been, or maybe I've just been so used to it that I haven't really fought it anymore. Um, right. And then take some time to walk through the exact steps that Rachel just mentioned, the repenting, the submitting, the resisting. And you know what? If the Lord doesn't bring anything specific to mind, um, maybe your takeaway from this podcast is just to start being more proactive and walking in your authority in Christ and as a center daughter of God. God, And a really practical thing that we love having people do, and it's in the study as well, is just to start writing out some scriptural declarations that you want to start speaking over your life. Maybe it's over your family. Maybe it's over your kids, your church, your workplace. I don't know. Um, But I I did this whenever we were pregnant with our first child and then doing it now, pregnant with the second one of like, what are some scriptures that I just want to claim? Because I believe that they're the promises of God over the life of my kid. And I'm just 
just going to start declaring those. I did the, I did this when I first got married. I was like, oh, I'm going to need some scriptures <laughs> there over this marriage. Yes, girl. Um, yes, I've also done you. it for myself. Like, what are the promises of Jesus that are that are literally in scripture and they are like for those who are in Christ, I'm going to start claiming those and I'm going to start mm-hmm. demanding of the enemy that that's part of my inheritance and I want it back, you know? Um, and so you could, you could actually, you could go to our website. If you go to mercymultiplied.com and our free resources section, there are, there are numerous scriptural declarations that you can find. There's a resource there on that page. Um, and man, I would just encourage you to write them on note cards, carrying them around with you, um, declare them out loud on a regular basis. Um, it's just a practical thing that you can take from this key. Um, but I, before we kind of start wrapping some things up, I do always want to point out with this one and acknowledge that there may be people listening who are like, man, the enemy has just straight up ravaged my life <laughs> and there's no way I'm going to get back everything that's been stolen at this point. I'm too far gone. Too much has been stolen. And let me just say that Rachel, Brooke, and me are here to tell you today that it is not too late for you to step into your place of authority, Mm. close those doors of oppression, exactly how we described today, and to actually demand back from the enemy what he has stolen from your life. There is a story that I love so much in the book of Joel um, and I think it perfectly applies to this key. Um, but so the prophet Joel is talking about this plague of locusts, which is my nightmare. Uh, <laughs> there's this oh. plague of locusts that have just completely devoured the land, consumed the crops. And it's because the people had turned away from God. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Joel calls on these people to repent. Okay. Step one, repent. Okay. He calls on them to repent. And what does God say in response to their repentance? So this is in Joel 2, 25. God says to them, I am going to repay you for the years that the locusts mm-hmm. have eaten. And I love that because what that says is that God not only promised to deliver them from the plague, but God said, I have the ability to give back to you all that you would have had during that plague because you chose to come back to me. And so I love that. And just this idea that God, no matter how much has been lost or how much has been stolen in our lives, again, whether it's because of our own choices or because of something completely outside of our control, if we will repent and come to him, God has the ability to not only set us free now, but actually restore what has been stolen from the enemy. And so let that be an encouragement for you. The enemy would love nothing more than for you to just think it's too late. It's too far gone. Too much right. has been stolen. It'll never be restored. And that is not the God that we serve. So, no. <clears throat> well, and I think it's important to know too, that some, a lot of times people get discouraged because they try and then it doesn't shift yeah. immediately. And I yeah. think just, I'm going to just touch on this, you know, I like to get into neuroscience. So, you know, just shifting a little bit of how the brain works, like using the truth statements, using the declarations that we just said, like identifying the line, replacing it. That's all part of renewing the mind. And there is a physical change that happens, right? When our body has lived in trauma or a belief system for so long, right? It's not just our spiritual and emotional pieces that have to change your physical body changes with it and so giving that time and space leaning into that giving it more than like well I, I tried to say God is good for one week and then I didn't right. feel better right? right like that there's an actual partnering and, and a piece of that is 
coming to, into agreement with what Melanie just said, that God does actually want to free me from these things. And I don't know what that will look like. I don't know what that will look like on this side of heaven, but this is his desire for me. And I'm going to partner with him and see what in the world he can free me from and yeah. see what he yeah. restores. You know, let's just see what he's got. Cause I guarantee you it's better than what you have now, even though, yeah. right. It feels terrifying, but I yeah. promise it's better. Yeah. Um, and surrounding yourself with people that can encourage you along the way, you know, it's just really, really important. Um, another thing is, I know I just super briefly mentioned this, um, earlier is, you know, we don't want to end this today without reminding you that it is very possible that you will close a door of oppression in your life and then reopen that door at some point down the road. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Okay. And what the enemy's first thing is going to be like, you were never free. (laughs) You, everything you've done is now lost. You had five, 10, 15 years and now everything is over. Right. Right. And we just want to tell you, don't fall for that. That's not true. Right. Okay. You simply use the same tools of confession. Yep. You confess, you repent and you submit and you close the door of oppression again. You know how to do it. And remember that, like the Lord tells you, hey, do the things that you know how to do. Right. Stand in that. Be reminded. Go back and you know what? I loosened up on some accountability. So let me bring that back into my life because I'm not letting this come back in. I'm not letting one moment of a poor decision or whatever it is, ruin what, you know, steal what God has done in my life. It's just not that flimsy. It's really not. The enemy wants us to believe that it is or that it wasn't real or you didn't do enough. But I will tell you what, coming into an agreement um, that all is lost and that you really did all of this for nothing is what will keep you oppressed, right? Mm -hmm. That, that is what he's trying to get you to do. So anything he's telling you is not true. (laughs) But when we go, Oh, I guess all is lost. That's when we start, shifting back into those old behaviors. So just shut it down. You know how to do it. And it's okay that you have to do it again. It's okay that we have to continue, you know, to practice that or that something comes up and you'll feel it. You know what? I've noticed I stopped, you know, it's been a really hard season and I haven't been, you know, in the word as much or whatever it is. Okay. I got to go back and do the things that God has told me to do and be, be excited that you know how to change something. that you remember how to walk in freedom and just step right back into it, you know, and, and pull in anybody you need um, and just continue to move your life forward. So it's yeah. not about perfection. It's just not. So yeah, man, that's so good. Yeah. You couldn't have ended with a better phrase. It's not about perfection. And that's, I hope you hear that in our hearts and in the heart of keys to freedom. Um, as we you know, continue to go through this study that it's a process, that God is a God of process and it's actually for our good uh, that he is working. So we're really excited that you've joined us today and we've got one more y'all, uno mas, one more episode, uh, which is maintaining lifelong freedom. And so much of that is about process and not perfection. Uh, So make sure that you join us back here uh, next week for that as we dive into maintaining lifelong freedom on Mercy Talk. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.